This is a very uh, special Sunday morning for us because there's four young people that will be baptized, and uh, that's quite significant. Uh, there's a, uh, a well-known preacher by the name of Dwight L. Moody that uh, back at the turn of the century, he preached to, uh, he was a Billy Graham of his days, he preached to hundreds of thousands of people, but at the same time, he preached to small churches as well. And uh, one night he came home and his wife said, well, how did your meeting go? And um, he said, well, it was wonderful because three and a half people came to faith in Jesus. And she said, three and a half people came to faith in Jesus. What on earth do you mean? Was there uh, one young person and three adults? And he said, no, there were three young people and one adult. The one adult has already lived half his life. But the three young people have the whole life ahead of them to serve the Lord. Now, it's significant that this morning there's going to be four young people that will be baptized because they have their entire life ahead of them to serve and honor God. So it's significant. It's wonderful. Now, this morning we're going to talk about, we're going to think about baptism, the power of baptism, the importance of baptism to God and the importance of baptism to us. And what we're going to talk about is how baptism is the way to go. In fact, if you look at your uh, outline, if you take that out of your bulletin, it looks like this, baptism, the way to go. You'll see uh, down at the bottom, in, in a moment they're going to read the scripture for us, but down at the bottom it says, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ear, ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And in fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the, to the Father except through me. So as we think about baptism this morning, what these four young people are about to do, we're going to think of it as, as orienting our life in Jesus Christ, being following him all the days of our life. So with that in mind, we're going to hear the scriptures. Uh, if, you, if you're willing and able, would you please stand? Dan Lilly's going to read the scriptures for us in English. And I don't think we have anybody reading for us in French this morning, but Dan, as he makes his way up, uh, if you're willing and able, please stand for the reading. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, come on. Give me a little more than that. Good morning. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Mm. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Amen. Lord God, we thank you that you have sent Christ Jesus into this world. And the call upon our lives is to repent and believe and to be baptized. So, Father, we're excited about what these four young people are going to do. But we're also excited about what it means, what, what they're doing. It has meaning. It has purpose. It has impact. And, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would speak into our hearts and speak into our lives. There are some here that have never been baptized. We pray that this baptism will speak to them. There are some here that have been baptized. We pray that the baptism will speak to the rest of us, that we will be people of action. So God, may your blessing be upon your word and upon your people. And we pray for this and thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Dan. Baptism as the way to go. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except through me. Baptism is a powerful act, and baptism is about orientating our lives in Christ Jesus. So it's the way to go. We, uh, in our lives, we are easily confused. We are easily uh, uh, wondering about, do I take this job? Uh, is my marriage going all right? What direction, do I, what direction do I go in? What do I do about life? Well, God calls us to orient our lives in Jesus Christ, and as we orient our lives in Jesus Christ, everything else has a way of falling into place. And baptism is a picture of that, following Christ. Now, uh, I want to start with the nuts and bolts of what baptism is all about. We, as I mentioned in the prayer, we did a, uh, an outreach last Thursday, this past Thursday, and just this, this, this Thursday. And this Thursday, there were two ladies that came, and uh, they were eating their hamburger at the, uh, at the picnic table. And they said, well, what is baptism all about? Uh, and so I began to share with them. I said that there's two, there's two very basics about bas- baptism. First of all, Jesus said that you must be born again. In fact, he said, no one can enter into the kingdom of God, nobody can go to heaven unless they are born again. He said flesh gives birth to flesh. In other words, we're born of our parents. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. There needs to be a second birth from God. And I said, the moment that a person humbles themselves, repents of their sin, they, they uh, confess before God that they've sinned against God, they ask his, his forgiveness and receive the gift of eternal life, they are born again. Now, when that happens, something dramatic happens on the inside. Uh, God Almighty, not only does he forgive us of our sins, but he pours his very son into us by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we become brand new people. Now, that happens on the inside. But nothing happens on the outside. We don't get any taller. The color of our eyes don't uh, uh, change. We don't get a new job. We don't lose our job. Nothing on the outside changes, but something profound happens on the inside. Now, I say that because baptism is about the outside. God calls us to obey him and to follow him through the waters of baptism. And by the waters of baptism, God is showing the world that we belong to him. And what he's saying is that when these young people, you'll see it in just a little bit, when they go down into the water, they're saying that I am dying with Jesus as though Jesus died on the cross. And I'm leaving the life that I've been leaving behind. And now I'm coming up out of the waters in obedience to Jesus, and now I'm going to live a new life oriented in Jesus. We read that this morning in the scriptures as we began the worship service. The Apostle Paul said that remember your baptism because you're living a new life. So baptism is about something that happens on the outside that symbolizes what God has done on the inside. We're changed by God, and now we live for God. We become oriented to God, and now this is the way that God calls us to go, living for Him. Now with that in mind, I want us to see three dynamics of uh, what Mark is telling us about Jesus' baptism, because Jesus is always our model. We look to him for everything. And what Jesus has done, he's called us to do, that we might grow and become more and more like him. So with that in mind, if you've got a pencil out, I've got several words I want you to write down. The first word I want you to write down is very simple. The way that we're talking about begins with understanding the way of love. Baptism is about the way of love, about God expressing his love to us personally, but expressing his love through us to the world around us. 
So it's profound and wonderful. Listen to what, uh, listen to what Jesus says in John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. When we are baptized and we begin to live for Christ, what we're doing is we're remaining in the love that God has given to us in Christ. Now we see that in the scriptures. I want you to follow along. Take a look at verse 9 in this, uh, this wonderful story. Mark tells us that one day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Now that has all kinds of significance, particularly for the Jewish people. The Exodus, uh, if you know the story of Moses and the Exodus, and that Exodus story came with Joshua and the Jordan River. And now the people are coming to uh, John. The people all throughout Israel are coming to John. They're repenting of their sin. They're getting right with God. John is promising that somebody is coming after him. And now that someone is Jesus. Now the people that are coming to John, they're coming, and they've got shame, they've got guilt, they've got sin in their lives, they've got, they're, they're a mess, but they're coming to repent and humble themselves before God. And the amazing thing is that God himself, in flesh, in Jesus Christ, he comes to stand among them, and he too to be baptized. Now he comes and he's completely perfect in every way, sinless in every way, yet in his humility he has come to identify with them. Jesus came to identify with you and me. We have sin in our life. We have rebellion in our life. We have shame in our life. We have guilt in our life. And Jesus said, I understand it all. And as I stood in the waters of baptism, it pointed to the day that I would, that I would go to a cross for, for all of us. As he stands in the waters of baptism, he is submitting himself to the judgment of God Almighty, a judgment that you and I deserve. Yet at the cross 2,000 years ago, in his love for us, he took every bit of that judgment into his body to be crucified, to be buried, and then resurrected on the third day. Now listen to what Mark tells us that happens next. In verse 10, it says, Jesus came up out of the water, and he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. What an amazing thing that must have been to see. The, some translations translation say that the heavens were rendered apart. They were torn apart. Now, what's happening? Well, Jesus has identified with us in, in our guilt and our sin, and, and he is forgiving us, and he will forgive them on the cross. And as he comes up out of the water, heaven is showing its approval. God is showing his approval. In fact, he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I love him with all of my heart. And the Spirit of God descends upon him. Now, what is happening is God is declaring, I am going to supply everything that my son needs to do the mission that I've called him to. He will look to me by faith in every step of the way. I will supply everything for him because I am giving to him the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. As these four young people go into the waters, they're going to come up out of the waters and God is going to declare that he is pleased with them because they have been willing to humble themselves and submit themselves to the glory, the power of God Almighty in their life. And they're humbly willing to follow him all the days of their life. And God is going to supply everything that they need. Because God will declare to them, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is with you. But if that were not enough, God declares once again, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. When we obey Jesus Christ and we follow him in the waters of baptism, God declares that you are my daughter, you my son, in whom I dearly love you. And that's what he's declaring of these four young people, that he dearly loves them with all their heart because of their obedience, because of their humility, because of their willingness to follow him through the waters of baptism. 
Now, secondly, in, in knowing and understanding that this is the way that God calls us to go, we need to understand that this is an act of peace. So the second word I want you to write down is this is the way of peace. To follow Jesus through the waters of baptism is to follow him in the ways of peace. Listen to what, um, to what Jesus says in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. For I have overcome the world. Now Jesus is saying that we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulations, but amongst the trials and tribulations, he offers us peace because he is the Prince of Peace. Now what's fascinating about this this story in the Gospel of Mark, if you look at verse uh, 12 with me, it says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. Now, that, that phrase, compelled Jesus, in Greek, it's the word ekbalo. And what it literally means is to cast somebody. Uh, all throughout the Gospel of Mark, whenever Jesus casts out a demon, it'll say, he ekbalo, he cast the demon out. Now, in this passage, Jesus was now in the presence of God, God declaring, I love you with all my heart, and suddenly the Spirit casts him into the wilderness. It seems odd and strange. But you see, what God is doing is he is penetrating the darkness of this world in his son, Jesus Christ. He is sending Jesus into the realm of Satan where there's darkness, there's loneliness, there's violence, there's hurt, there's everything that's that's difficult about this world. And Jesus is walking right into the middle of it to confront Satan where he is. And there's going to be a struggle. And it goes on to say in verse 13, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was among the wild animals and the angels took care of him. He's stepping into the realm of Satan. He's stepping into the realm where people were frightened and fearful. After these young people are baptized, they've got to go back out into the world. When you were baptized, you had to go back out into the world. You have to go back to your family, back to your neighborhood, back to your workplace, back to school. And that's where there's darkness and difficulties and challenges. But the declaration of God is that the Spirit of God is going to be with them. He's with you. And Jesus has gone into the darkness on our behalf that the light of the gospel of Jesus might shine through him and that it might shine through you and me as we trust him, as we understand. You see, peace is not when everything goes well in life. Peace is understanding that God offers us peace when things are going difficult in life. Listen to what Jesus says in uh, the Gospel of John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You see, I warn people when, they're, when they plan to get baptized. I tell them right up front, if you do this, what you're doing is you're putting a bullseye on your back, and the enemy of your soul is going to come after you. But despite the trials and the difficulties that you will face, you will know the peace of God, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And the presence of the power of the light of the gospel will shine through you, particularly in the difficulties of life. Not in just the good times, but in the difficulties of life. But you see, the third thing is what this is all about. Because the third word I want you to write down is the word action. The way of orienting our lives in Jesus Christ is the way of action. Being baptized, following Jesus through the water of baptism is a declaration that I am on board with Christ. And I am ready to follow him wherever he calls me to go. I'm no longer going to sit on the bench. I'm going to get into the game. You see, you can read books on swimming. 
You can go watch people swim. You can interview people that have swum. But until you get into the water, you're not going to be a swimmer. Baptism is God declaring to you, it's great that you've come to know my Son as Lord and Savior. It's great that you're going to be with me in heaven someday, but you're not there yet. Until that day, I want you to get into the game. And baptism is declaring, Lord, I'm all in for you. I'm following you wherever you call me to go. I want to be a person of action. And that's what Jesus is saying, Mark is saying in verse 14 and 15. Listen to this. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. You see, John was on the world stage, and he was baptizing people. He was getting people's hearts ready for the coming of Messiah. Suddenly he's arrested. He steps off the world stage, and Jesus steps onto the world stage, and it's God declaring, this is my decisive action in the world. I have become a human being in Jesus Christ, and now history is going to change in my son, Jesus Christ. And you see, in all of this, what he's declaring is there is an urgency to all of this. That's what he says in verse 15. The time promised by God has come at last. The time has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. You see, there's an urgency to life. The the Greeks had two words for time. Uh, One word was chronos. We get the word chronological. And it simply means that things are in order. If it's 10 o'clock, soon it will be 10.15. If it's 10.15, soon it will be 10.30. You used to be 5 years old. You became 20 years old. You became 30 years old. That's chronology. But the other word that they had for time was kairos. And kairos meant that this is what's happening in the world today. Today is important. There's an urgency of today. You see, as you gather this morning, there's no guarantee that you're going to put your head on the pillow tonight. We are all going to die, but we don't know when we're going to die. So there's an urgency to the gospel message. There is an urgency to your relationship with God. If you've you've come to know God as Lord and Savior, if you've been born again, there's an urgency of your life to get your life oriented in Christ and living for Christ each and every day of your life. But if you're here today and you've never been born again, there's an urgency for you. Today, the, the, the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to repent. Today is the day to believe on Jesus. Because once again, nobody is guaranteeing you that you're going to see tomorrow. And tomorrow without Christ is eternity in hell forever. But God loves you with all of his heart. And his call upon your life, as Jesus said, is today to repent today and believe the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, baptism is all about this is the way. Baptism is all about orienting our life in Jesus Christ. Baptism is all about centering Christ in the middle of our life. We're busy. We got all kinds of things going. We got all kinds of worries. We got all, all kinds of crazy stuff in our life. But God says, hang on just a moment. Put my son first and foremost. And all these other things will begin to fall into place. There's a uh, pastor by the name of Steve Jordan. And uh, Pastor Steve, a number of years ago, had a uh, younger sister by the name of Judy. And he lost his sister, uh, Judy, to, uh, to cancer. And uh, he talks of her fondly because he said that she was, the, she was the party animal of the family. 
She just loved to have a good time. She loved to drink. She had a wonderful uh, personality. People were attracted to her. And uh, she just had a great joy in life. She was very content with the life that she was living. And he said that he, many times he would try to witness to her about Jesus, but she'd say, I don't want to hear that. You know, I've got a whole life of me ahead of me. I'm not interested. Take your Jesus to somebody else. Well, when she turned 44, all of a sudden her life fell apart. She was diagnosed with, with uh, breast cancer. And if that were not enough, her husband was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, if that were not enough, his, her husband announced that uh, he was having an affair with another woman and that he was leaving her. And suddenly, she was asking the great questions of life. What on, earth is, what on earth is going on? What is this all about? And she was brokenhearted. But finally, she was at a point to listen to her brother. And her brother shared the gospel, and she believed in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But not only did she believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, Steve said that as much as a party animal before the Lord, she was a party animal after the Lord. And she couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. Everywhere she went, she told people about Jesus. All throughout her chemo, all throughout her radiation, whoever sat beside her, whatever was going on, the nurses, the doctors, she was telling them about Jesus Christ. Well, it got to be 10 days before she died. And she was in hospice, and she found a way of uh, talking her way out of hospice so that she could go to church, her brother's church, and she could be baptized. And the day that she was baptized, she gave her testimony of what God had done in her life. And her, her father-in-law came to faith in Jesus. Her ex-husband came to faith in Jesus. Her college roommate came to faith in Jesus. Her niece came to faith in Jesus. Her friends and neighbors came to faith in Jesus Christ. Ten days later, she, she passed away. She died. But before she died, she wrote her own eulogy. And she had her brother Steve read the eulogy at her funeral. And after he had read that eulogy... He gave an invitation, and over 100 people in that church gave their life to Jesus Christ. You see, she had discovered the love that God had for her. The amazing, unconditional grace love that God had for her. But it was in the midst of trials. But in the midst of those trials, she found peace in Jesus Christ. And through the baptism... Her baptism, she became a person of action. She didn't sit on the sidelines. She didn't feel sorry for herself. She took that opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, in baptism, we discover that God loves us with all of his heart. We are his children. But God also declares to us, I have a peace for you that transcends all understanding amongst the trials of life. But in baptism, he says, I call you to be a person of action. I don't want you to sit on the sideline. I want you to get into the game. Baptism, my friends, is all about the way God calls us to go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what is about to unfold in just a few minutes. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be wonderful. And Lord, I'm just so grateful for those that are here. And I'm grateful for the four young people that are are obeying you and following you in the waters of baptism. God, we pray together right now that it is going to be a powerful experience for them. It will be an experience that they will never forget and that you will remind them of the love that you have for them, particularly in the times of trials. But at the same time, we're excited because we know these four young people. They've always already demonstrated they're people of action. They've already demonstrated that they want to follow you no matter where you call them, Lord. So make this rich and wonderful and powerful. 
At the same time, there are people here that are born again, Lord, but they've, they've never obeyed you. They've never followed you in the waters of baptism. I pray that this act will speak into their lives, speak into their hearts, that you will convict them, Lord, and that they will obey you, and they too will be baptized. At the same time, there may be people here today, Lord, that have never received Christ as Lord and Savior. And Father, Jesus said, it's urgent. This is a kairos time. This is a time that you have the opportunity to surrender to Jesus Christ before it's too late. And I pray for you this morning. I plead for you if you've never received Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you the opportunity right now. There's a man in our first service. He surrendered. You need to surrender right now, today. And if you'd like to do that, if you'd like to be born again, to know Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to lead you through a simple prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in the quietness of your own mind, the quietness of your own heart. God hears you, every thought that you've ever thought. And he's going to honor that. And simply say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I have sinned against you. I'll say it with you. Let's do it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I've sinned against you. Then say, I am sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you here and now, I ask you here and now, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I want to live my life for you. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've just done. I thank you, Lord, that I'm now your child. If you've said that prayer with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you don't need me to tell you something wonderful has happened. God has forgiven you of your sins once and for all forever. And now he's filled you with his love and he's filled you with his grace. And he says, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. And now you're a child of the living God. And for the rest of us, Lord, let that be a reminder to us of what you've done for, on our behalf. And we thank you, Lord, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.